Hey guys, welcome to my channel. My name is Clay, if you don't know me. I do a lot of videos about philosophy and psychology related stuff, and today I kinda wanna delve into a slightly different topic, and that is business. And more like the philosophy of business, actually. But, you know, running businesses is a big part of my life, and generally speaking, I haven't really talked much about it on this channel. I did a video around three years ago, and the title was something like, How I Made $200,000 Last Year Selling Things Online. It sounds like a bit of a clickbaity title, but it was actually true. In that video, I'd get pretty deep into how to create an online business specifically, and I think a lot of that stuff is still accurate. Um, I grew up in a fairly entrepreneurial family. My dad was always starting businesses. He kind of had his main core business, and then he was always starting new things on the side, and I helped him out with a few of those with marketing and launching products. And, and I obviously learned quite a lot of things from him. But then I really learned the most starting it and kind of stumbling through the process myself. It's hard to believe, it's like almost 10 years, I think, I've been running this one online business. And in my last video, I didn't even actually say specifically what my business is, because I was trying to keep it a secret for some reason at the time. So today I might actually talk a little bit more about that. So right now it is May 2021. So last year in 2020, I actually had my best year ever during the whole COVID pandemic. Um, when a lot of people are struggling, you know, a lot of people were buying stuff online. So a lot of these online businesses did really well. So in total last year, I had over a million USD in sales. Of course, that's not my profit. That's just total sales. And then I have to pay all my expenses, pay my employees, pay product costs. But it just goes to say that literally at home, you can start a business that generates a million in sales in a year. I mean, you have to work at it and it might take a while to build it. But I just wanna make this video as a bit of an encouragement to other people that you know, if this is something that interests you, you can do that. So I'm gonna organize this into a number of topics. But the first question is, why should you start a business? I can tell you why I want to start a business, but you really have to come up with your own answers. If you don't have an answer to that question, why, then you probably shouldn't do it because it's a lot of work and it requires perseverance. And if you don't have that underlying drive to do it, it's probably not going to work out. For me though, running a business is about freedom. It is being in sort of charge of myself. No one's telling me what to do. I can make my own decisions. I can choose to work as much or as little as I want. I directly see the results of my work. It's not like somebody else is making the money while I do all the work. And so as well, it's not about money, really. It's about wealth. And I think people get those two words confused. Money is obviously the thing that you spend to get stuff. But wealth is something a little different. Wealth is owning an asset that generates more money. And this is why people that are rich generally just get richer, right? The, the rich get richer, the poor get poorer. It's, it's unfortunate that it works like that, but the reason why it works like that, wealth creates money. So if you own a business, especially a business that kind of can generate you money while you're sleeping. So to me, wealth is about decoupling time from money. When you work for somebody else, generally speaking, the money that you get is directly related to how much time. Maybe you work by the hour, maybe you work by salary, but you're expected to put in eight hours, right? And if you work four hours in a day instead of eight, you'll probably get paid half as much. The nice thing about running a business is, 
as it gets bigger, you can hire people to do your job. And now you can work half as much if you want and still make the same amount or even make more money. The other thing about wealth is when you own a business, it's, it's like an asset that you can now sell. If Let's say you make $100,000 a year working for somebody else. That sounds pretty good. Now let's say you own your own business and you make $100,000 in a year. Yes, you're making that $100,000, but you also own the underlying asset that's generating that money. And you can sell that business. Or obviously you can hire somebody to do all the work and just try to automate it and still make that money. If you're working for somebody else, you can't hire other people to do the work. Sort of that's the whole point. You've been hired to do the work. I don't like working in offices. Um, I find it quite exhausting. I've done it. I used to be a game programmer because I did a degree in computer science. And so I worked in these companies that, you know, you're sitting in a cube programming all day. And it's not the programming. Like, I don't mind programming. I actually kind of enjoy the mental challenge of it. I think it's the monotony of having to sit at a desk for eight hours. When I work at home, I can, I'm feeling exhausted. I can go take a nap. I can go for a walk outside. I can, you know, go into my kitchen, make some lunch. For me, a business is a game that you're playing. And like a game, it's often not about just one major decision that you make. It's the accumulation of small decisions. And I've often said this to people, it's better to make a hundred small right choices than it is to make, you know, one or two big choices. Because the day-to-day -day running of a business, it's, it's all these small decisions that add up into a business. And what I've noticed is that the people who can't make the small decisions or they make them incorrectly, maybe with customer service or their product decisions or pricing or sales, their businesses end up not working. Like for example, one time I started a business and I had a partner and that's when I really noticed this, is that we disagreed on a lot of these small little decisions and I think in the end that business suffered because of that. The other thing about a business is perseverance and consistency. It's about doing a little bit of work every day or every week. So when I first started my business, I worked on it half a day a week. That's it in the beginning. Every single Monday for half a day, I worked on it. And I did that for an entire year. Didn't make any money for an entire year. But then you know what? After a year, all of a sudden I had a business, right? It's amazing. Even if you put in an hour a week, after a year, you'll have 50 hours worth of work into something, right? If you put no time into it, you will have nothing. If you put a little bit of time, over time, you'll have a big investment into that idea. A business is also about long-term thinking. It's about making small decisions now that will eventually accumulate into something later. A lot of people... I've noticed seem to have trouble with that and they can only think like a month or two in advance. They're not thinking a year in advance. And so they're like, I need to make $10,000 a month within two months. How do I do that? And I'm like, well, maybe that's possible, but I'm probably not the person to ask. I'm the person to ask if you want to start something that maybe in a year or two is making that. So it's this interesting mix of making these small decisions in the moment, but also having this long-term vision and trusting the process as you go along. So the next question is, how do you start a business? So the good news is business sort of feels like common sense if you do it right. It's basically looking around, you see a problem that people have and you solve that problem. And then they are happy to pay you money in order to solve that problem. 
ideally, you know, in the process of providing a solution to that problem, it's something that you like to do, or it's like maybe it's a passion of yours. If you can combine a passion along with solving a legitimate problem for people, you're golden and you have a real business there. Sometimes though, it's hard to find your passion or it's hard, it's hard to combine your passion with a business. Like there's lots of things I like to do. Like for example, I like making videos. I like doing photography. And at various times I have done that for work. But what I notice is, you know, if I make a marketing video for a business, that doesn't feel as fun as doing my own creative stuff, right? Immediately it sort of loses some of the passion. So for me, I don't worry too much about, you know, combining my passion with business. In some ways, I almost wonder if it's better to sort of save your passions for your spare time. Now you can pursue those things without the hindrance of having to make money on it. And for the topic of the business, as long as it's something that you kind of like or something you don't mind or it's something that you find interesting, it doesn't have to be your, like, you know, your purpose of life. I find that I can build a business around that that I enjoy and that sometimes as you become an expert in that field, it becomes more interesting and it's almost like it can become a bit of a passion as you just get more skilled in that area. It's interesting how sometimes skill and knowledge and as you build that can kind of generate passion is what I'm trying to say. I think the other thing about it too is even if you don't necessarily love the topic of the business. So I'll tell you the topic of my business soon here and you'll understand. So the topic itself is one thing, but it's like the game of creating the business and solving problems and giving people solutions and working with people to help them. That sort of could be your passion. So even though the underlying topic is just something that you, you, know, you don't mind or you, you might find interesting, you can kind of find your passion in the, in the encapsulation of that idea as a business. And you know, the thing about a business and, and the good news about it is you make something that people want or you provide a service that people want and they're happy to give you their money in order for you to solve their problem. And I get the impression a lot of times that people, you know, like there's a lot of money shaming in our society. So if you get paid for something, oftentimes people, let's say you get paid a lot of money for something, people almost will shame you for that. I wanna just stress that it's important to get out of that mindset. If you do your business right, people will be thankful to you to give you their money because you are solving a problem that means more to them than the money they give you. Sure, if you're swindling people out of money, obviously, feel bad. <laughs> All right, so step one on trying to create a business is to answer this question. Are you going to create something new that people don't even know they need yet? Like, you know, Steve Jobs making the iPhone. People didn't know they needed an iPhone when he made that. Um, so that's sort of one side of the coin. The other side is giving people something that they already know they need. I personally will go with the second thing, which is People want something already, or they need something, and all you do is provide that service or provide that product. I think that this style of business has a much higher chance of success just because you're not convincing people that they need something first. So the analogy I like to use for this is give the dog the meat. You've got a dog here, it wants meat, 
and all you got to do is give it the meat and that dog's happy. The dog doesn't want a salad. The dog doesn't want to eat vegetables. If you try to force some vegetables on this dog and try to convince the dog that, hey, uh, actually, you'd probably be a little healthier if you ate this instead, there's a very good chance the dog's going to ignore you and move on to find somebody who will give him meat. So that's what I mean when I say give the dog the meat. That, that business is giving things to people that they already want. I think that's the easiest type of business to start. And yeah, is it cool to innovate and try to create things that people don't even know they need? Yes, that's cool. And I think I like that style of business too. And I've watched my dad actually, as I sort of grew up and in my 20s, start businesses like this. He, he was always quite innovative that way. But a lot of the ideas fell quite flat because maybe they were ahead of their time or people just didn't know they needed it. So it almost feels like a luxury. It doesn't feel like a need. And when things feel like luxuries, you know, it sometimes is a harder sell. All right, so how do you think of a good idea? I kind of like what Richard Branson says about this. And, you know, if you don't know who he is, he's a billionaire. He runs many companies, something like he runs like a hundred different companies or something like that all at once. He says that the best businesses are solving things that annoy you. So here's a problem. This thing annoys you. There's nobody else solving the problem. So you solve the problem. And then along the way, just by default, you're solving that problem for other people as well. And they pay you for that convenience. The thing about business or art or providing a service is it's not that you want to do something brand new. You just want to do something better or you want to do something in a slightly different way. Put your own angle on it. So I think the key to picking a good topic is don't get too fixated on one idea. That's one of the biggest mistakes I see people making. People will come to me sometimes and give me their business ideas and say, what do you think? And I you know, might throw out a few uh, reasons maybe why I don't think it's the best topic. And what I've noticed is that people often have a hard time letting go of this little idea. They almost treat it like their baby. And what I would recommend to sort of get out of that mindset of fixated on one thing, that this, this one thing is your idea and it must work, is try to think of many topics and write them all down. So when I created my business, I actually researched all these different ideas. I probably had around 20 ideas. So if I were you, write down 20 things or research 20 different businesses. And it's, it's, it's amazing as you do that, you will, th sometimes you'll realize, wow, this idea that I thought was amazing isn't so great. And this other obscure thing that I wouldn't even have thought was, was that great, it actually has a lot of demand for this particular product or service. And that can end up being a really successful business. So my business topic definitely fell into that. It, it was not something that I would have thought of, um, but after doing a whole bunch of keyword research on Google to actually see what are people searching for, let me look at the actual search terms. Oh, wow, there's like this topic has 500 different searches. Look at all this information that people want. When you can see that stuff and do your research, you realize that there's actually huge demand for certain topics that at first glance seem a little obscure. So what are the ways you can kind of discover these? I mentioned keyword research. 
I think that's an excellent way, especially for an online business. If you wanna know more about that, go watch my other video because I talk more specifically about online businesses. And there are some tools you can subscribe to that help you do this keyword research. I talk about that in that other video, so go watch that. So there's this company named SiteSell and they actually have a product that kind of teaches you all that keyword research stuff, how to pick a topic for an online business. And that's actually the course that I did. So I bought their, their plan. I think it was, at the time it was around $300 a year. I worked through that, I created the business, and now, like I said, I had a million in sales last year. But I'll put a link below, I actually have an affiliate link, and that's not my motivation for getting you to sign up. In fact, if you don't wanna click on the affiliate link, don't do it, go search it on Google instead and just go sign up that way. But if you were gonna sign up and you wanted to help my channel a little bit, uh, feel free to use the affiliate link. So I think one pitfall that people get stuck on is they see other people that are already doing the idea competition. They see the competition out there and they go, oh, well, somebody's already doing it. That means that I can't do it. Uh, the thing I want to say is that I think that's a mistake. Competition means there's a market. If there's somebody out there already doing it, that means that there is a problem and these people are providing solutions. If there's nobody out there doing it yet, it's like, is, does anybody really need or want that thing if there's literally no competition? Competition means there's a market, and what you need to focus on is doing it better or doing it a little different. Um, or, and you know, in some cases, you don't even have to do it better or different. If there's just super high demand, you can kind of just insert yourself in the market and instantly have sales. A lot of times, just networking well and being a nice person and friendly and getting to the point where you know, people will trust you. It's amazing how many people do business just based on trust alone. If there's high demand for something and no supply, as in there's nobody providing that service, I mean, you might have stumbled upon a gold mine there. Nobody else doing it, but there's high demand. But more than likely, there's a reason why nobody else is doing it. Maybe it's a really difficult business or maybe it's not profitable. It's almost like it's a red flag if there's no competition. So all that to say, just don't get scared away just because there's competition. So my next piece of advice in this area is try to start things that don't require a lot of money to get started. Like I see some people, they're like, I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to take out a $100,000 loan, start this business, you know, put all the eggs in one basket. I personally would never do that. And I would never recommend anybody do that. Can that work out for people? And will you hear stories of that working? Yes. You know, the whole startup idea. Sometimes people do this even bigger, you know, these tech startups, They'll get like a $5 million worth of investor money, you know, hire 15 people and all start working. For me, I like to mitigate risk if I can help it. So risk management is one of my main goals when starting businesses. So I start them on the side and I just start them slowly and kind of test them and see if, see if the ideas work. And then over time, if it's a good idea and it's a good business, you'll see results. And then as the results start to occur, you can slowly scale it into something bigger. So I would recommend keeping your job, keep your source of income, start it on the side, and maybe you start to make a little bit of money. And then maybe you start to make more money. And I find that a, a business that's actually a good business, is like a snowball. It's almost like it just creates itself. And you're kind of just facilitating this snowball that, that's rolling along and getting bigger. If you have to fight you know, you're still not getting sales. More often than not, 
maybe that's a sign that you're not doing something correctly or it could be, you know, maybe not a great idea. Um, but that's one thing that I've noticed is that good ideas just almost seem to work on their own. Another thing about topics is try not to get too caught up in trends. I know some people do that. So let's say there's some kind of a hot trend that's probably going to end in a year, two years. All of a sudden, your business is going to end when that trend ends. So I try to pick things that have more of a solid base, things that will be useful forever. And if you can do that, you'll give your business a better chance at surviving long term. Hello. Okay, the next question. Should you partner? I see a lot of people making this mistake. They think that maybe it's scary doing this by yourself and it's better if you bring somebody along for the ride, like get a friend, get a colleague. Here's my advice about partners. Don't do it unless you absolutely have to. Let's say there's some skill or something that you need that you literally can't hire anybody to do and there's somebody that you can partner with. In that case, maybe partner. But that is the only time. I see a lot of people partnering just, just because they, you know, they want a friend in the business. And more often than not, it ends badly. I tried a business once with a partner. We partnered an idea, and in the beginning, it seemed like it was gonna work, but then over time, it became apparent just how different we were and how different our work ethics were. And there was all kinds of troubles. We had all kinds of trouble deciding things together on what the direction of the business could be. The other thing is if one person works harder than the other person, it creates this really awkward dynamic because neither of you are each other's boss, so you can't tell the other person what to do. You know, if it's an employee and they're not working, you can say, uh, work harder or I'm going to fire you <laughs> or I'm going to lay you off or I'm going to get somebody else to come do it. And if they don't work hard, obviously you just get somebody else. But with a partner, you can't easily get rid of them. It literally is like a marriage. And the biggest problem is, let's say you create a business on the side and now it has $50,000 a year in sales. And let's say you guys just can't agree and one of you wants to be bought out. Uh, a, a business that has 50000 in sales, you know, could be worth up to, I mean, depending on how you value the business, could be worth between one hundred to $200,000. And so in order to buy that other person out, let's say it's worth $100,000 you now have to pay them $50,000 just to leave. And uh, so I was actually bought out of that partnership and she continued on in the business. So I actually got paid to leave. Um, not really the best scenario for her, just a general rule. You know, I actually have another friend. He ran a big company with, I think, 100 employees and he decided to merge with this other big company. And... I remember when he was doing it, I was like, hmm, I don't know, that's because I had already been through my bad partnership situation. And he started merging his huge company. This is a multi-million dollar company. And lo and behold, it ended up in a disaster, just like mine. And then he had to basically split the company apart again later. And it cost him tons of money. He lost a lot. Uh, extremely stressful. It's just, just don't do it. Don't partner unless you absolutely have to. So step three, you've got your idea. 
try to implement as fast and as cheap as you can. So don't go out and get a huge loan and buy a bunch of expensive stuff just to get started. What's the minimum that you can get in order to start this idea and see if it works? And then once you see some returns, you know, scale up, buy some more equipment. But don't be that person that's like, oh, I'm going to start a photography business and I'm going to go buy $10,000 worth of cameras and lenses just to get started. You don't need that to get started. Buy a used DSLR and, you know, get a good lens and you can get started that way for $1,000, let's say. I think a lot of people, they get caught up in this like gear acquisition syndrome and that's almost just as exciting as the business itself. But don't do that. Try to stay lean. So another thing, learn to sell and learn to use language that helps sell. So don't be shifty. I'm not saying that. But a lot of people, especially for me and my personality, it's something that took me years to kind of get over that. I I didn't really like the idea of selling to people. It, It felt there was something that felt shady about it. But again, once I rephrased my mind that I'm helping people solve their problems, that fixed a lot of that mentality for me. So selling things is an art, actually. And it's about identifying a person's problem, and it's about providing a solution and then leading them towards a sale in a respectful, ethical way. Actually, I heard somebody say one time, selling is sort of like a freeway. You've got somebody on the freeway. They came on the on-ramp. They're on the freeway. They're on the path to a sale. And your goal at that point is to just keep them on the freeway towards the sale and then allow them to make that purchase, solve their problem. So it's just kind of a a thing I keep in the back of my mind because it is something I struggle with. Like, I don't want to be a shady salesperson. And over time, I've realized that the best method is just to be authentic, identify their problems, and then answer their questions. That's a lot of it. It's just making them feel informed because any question that is unanswered is like an exit off that freeway. If you can answer their questions, it leads towards a sale. Simple as that. So along with the sort of ethical selling, it's becoming an expert in that area. If you are an expert, people will come to you to seek your advice. So when I started my business, the top of my business, I actually didn't know anything about it and I learned it from scratch. And now I am an expert in that area. You could ask me literally any question and I could answer it about that. And if I, you know, if it's some really obscure question that I can't answer, I will find out the answer and call that person back. There really should never be a situation where you say, "Um, I don't know the answer to that. And to be honest, I'm never going to know. To me, what selling is, is answering people's questions. So if you don't know the answer to the question, that's fine. Just say, hey, I'm going to find out the answer to your question. I'm going to call you right back. So the next piece of advice about implementing a business is don't waste time. And maybe that sounds obvious, but it's amazing how much time people waste doing stuff they don't have to do. One of the biggest things is meetings. I really avoid meetings at all cost. Generally speaking, like I remember when I worked for Electronic Arts, big video game company, we would have these weekly meetings and I, me and this other guy, this friend of mine there, we would sit there and almost just like look at each other because we just hated it. We, it felt like such a waste of time. 
what it felt like was we were just informing our managers what we were doing so that they could feel like they were involved. I find that an hour meeting can usually be condensed down to one email. Here's the things you need to know, done, five minutes. For me, the only reason I have meetings now is if that's the underlying reason, it's more of a social issue than an actual efficiency issue. And if you spend half of your eight hour day in meetings, you're not gonna get your work done. So that's just why I, in general I say, just don't have meetings. All right, so the next step to creating a business is to evaluate that business early. If it's not working, it's important to identify that early and then let it fail. And I realize this might sound completely counterintuitive, especially when I was talking about perseverance early. It's about pushing through. There's so many people that quit their businesses too early before they've even given it a chance to work. However, on the flip side of that, there's also trying too hard, even when it's not working. It's like people get so fixated on their particular idea that they're trying to sell something that nobody wants. In those situations, it's important to recognize that and let it fail. And why do you do that? It's so that you can move on to the next idea and try again. If you spend five years just spinning your wheels on a business that doesn't work, you've just wasted five years worth of effort. If you can find out earlier, let's say after one year, after six months that a certain business isn't going to work, or even better, if you can figure it out earlier, even recognize it before you start. That's why I say research lots of topics and be a bit critical about those topics and think about the supply and think about the demand. Stop making all those scratchy sounds. What do you think? You see that microphone up there? You see that microphone? Oh, oh that's interesting. <laughs> so there's this thing called sunk costs. I even made a video on it. You can go check it out. It's called Ignore Sunk Costs. A lot of people, because they've spent so much time or they've invested money into something, they will just, they can't let it go. At any given moment, you have to be able to ignore those past costs. That Those don't matter for the future. And if you want to know more about that, go check out my video on ignoring sunk costs. On the flip side, don't give up prematurely. Don't do something for six weeks and be like, oh, this isn't working. Sometimes it takes, you know, six months, a year to really get the ball rolling. And the thing to look for early is, is there interest in this idea? Are you helping people solve problems? And if you are, there's, you know, there might be a business there. So the next step to a successful business is recognizing what you can automate. So let's say you're doing something over and over all the time and it's just like there's, it's 10 minutes each time, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes. Can you buy some software or write some software that will automate that process and now you save that 10 minutes every time? Can you hire somebody to do that work instead of you and now you can focus your time on other things? You know... It's, it's funny, like when you actually start to make money in a business, you have these decisions such as, let's say you make $100,000 a year. Well, do you keep all that money for yourself? Now you have $100,000 a year salary. Or do you, let's say you got to spend 40 of it, now you can hire somebody. And that's a hard decision. But maybe in the process of hiring somebody for 40, 
Now it frees you up and now you can work on the business and now you double the business. Now you got 200,000 a year. So now you're paying 40 to an employee and now you got 160. So I realize that's a pretty optimistic scenario for a lot of people, but you know, it, it actually is possible to make multiple six figures on businesses. I think one of the biggest things about employees is don't get caught up in perfection. So myself, I'm a recovering perfectionist. If you can hire somebody to do something 80% as well as you can, you should hire somebody to do it. And then, you know, over time, you can kind of bump that 80% up. But chances are you will never find anybody to do it as well as you, 100%. The secret of a good leader is to allow that, allow that process to happen and let go of that perfection. Because quite often, you don't need 100% in order to make a sale and generate income for the business. The other thing I've heard about any business that relies on sales, so sales of services or sales of products, is you should be the best salesperson in your business. You should be the expert. So in the day-to-day of running a business, it's, it's quite different, I find, than building the business. In a way, I almost like building a business better than I like running a business because the running sort of feels more monotonous, more repetitive, whereas when you're building, it feels more creative and you're doing new things all the time. One piece of advice when you are running a business and you're getting to that point where you're starting to automate and make things more efficient Focus on customer service, and that's one thing I've always done with my business. Focus on making people happy, solving their problems. Um, If you have happy customers, you will have sales. A lot of people are quite amazed now when you give them good customer service because you've got these companies like, you know, Amazon. They don't even give people customer service. It's just like this nameless entity, and there's nobody to phone. There's nobody to ask questions to. Uh, You might be able to email and try to get something solved. But with us, you know, we will get on the phone with you and walk you through it. We will email back and forth. We offer free design assistance in this business. And it's amazing just doing that, how impressed people are in today's age where a lot of that customer service seems to be going away. So you've made it to the end of this video. I thought I would give you a little more information about my business now. I've been kind of cryptic and haven't really talked about it specifically. And in that video I made a few years ago, I didn't talk about it at all. But so knowing all that, um, my business topic is actually very obscure. A lot of people think it's really funny when I tell them. So I researched all these different topics and I found through doing Google search research that this topic of ponds and like water gardens, so building ponds and lakes and fountains, was a really um, interesting topic. And so I built my whole business around that and I sell liners and pumps and filters and fountains and all the equipment needed to make sort of ponds and waterfalls. They say you wanna make a fish pond, a koi pond, or you wanna make a swimming pond. So it's this really specific niche idea or niche for the Americans. And that's another thing I recommend for people is pick something that's really specific. Just become an expert in a really specific area. And especially if you're on the internet, it's okay to get really specific like that. Pick a really niche or niche topic. If you go too broad on the internet, it's like you can't be specific enough within any particular area and you'll end up really helping nobody. 
the, the key is to get really specific. So when somebody has a very specific problem, they end up on your website and all their questions are answered. And you know, people, they can't even believe it. They found this amazing resource. And then if you can educate them and, and make them feel like they trust you because of the information you're providing, they will usually buy things from you. And now you have a customer. So yeah, if you want to check out my website, you can Google everything ponds, P-O-N-D-S, and uh, you'll end up there and see what that business is all about. I've started other businesses along the way too, and you know, that's the, the funny thing about businesses is like they don't always work. So that's why I don't put your eggs in one basket. This business is the one that's worked the best. I have started other online businesses. Some of them, you know, I just closed one of them because it just was wasting too much time and it wasn't generating enough money. So it's kind of like that fail early kind of thing. Anyway, guys, if this topic interests you, I, I wouldn't mind a little bit of feedback just because I'm trying to decide what kind of content to make on this channel. I could do more business stuff. You know, I really like philosophy and psychology as well. I could do all of it. But, you know, I spend a lot of time running a business. I really like investing as well. I do a lot of investing in stocks and crypto and all these types of things. And I, I spend a lot of time learning about economics. And I could talk about all this kind of stuff. It's, it's kind of tricky sometimes to know really what to focus on, especially because it seems like YouTube does best when you focus on one particular area. So yeah, help me out by subscribing to the channel, push the like button to help me out with the YouTube algorithm, and maybe leave a comment about what you thought about this video and if it's something you'd like to hear more about, and uh, or if there's other topics or questions within this area. You could also send me an audio question. I'll put the link in the description. Um, and maybe I'll make another video based on your question. Anyway, guys, thanks a lot for uh, listening. Have a great day. See you later.